Welcome to the All Things Overlanding Podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey everybody, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. On today's episode of the podcast slash vlog, I'm going to be talking to a friend of mine named Dave Boyd, who runs a YouTube channel website, Instagram, Facebook, he's on everything, um, but called Nissan Nation Podcast. Um, and this guy's been a huge help to me, so I wanted to shout him out, and we had a great conversation. We actually, we talked for about three to four hours. Um, I cut it down a good amount, but it's still a long one, but it is worth it. If you are a Nissan person, you know, everything from Zs to Xterras, we're going to talk about it in this one. So just wanted to kind of kick things off. So if you want to hear more about that, stay tuned. Also, if you are new to the channel and you haven't seen my stuff before, um, I do a lot of Nissan Xterra content, I do a lot of overlanding, I do gear reviews, um, things like that. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, make sure you click subscribe, make sure you click the bell to be notified when new videos drop, and uh, click the like button if you enjoyed this video, and leave a comment below if you've got some feedback or if you want to hear about something in particular. Um, if you have a question for Dave, let me know, and I'm happy to pass that on. And he will also be active in this chat, I'm sure, too. So let us know. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor all, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So, hey, everybody. As I just mentioned on the intro, we've got Dave Boyd with us today from Nissan Nation Podcast. Welcome, Dave. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. I, thanks for having me on your show a while ago. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I had a good time. So, as you know, things have come full circle now, right? So, now I, I just the other day, I was like, man, I, I need to get Dave on my show, if you want to call it that, because it's been a little while. We talk pretty frequently, I feel like. Right. But, I, feel, I feel like, though, I should have, like, the little lion up here, like the Lion King now. So, it's the full circle thing going on, yeah, you know? The circle of life. <laughs> right. We could try and sing that if you want. No, I'm just kidding. A whole new... No. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong song. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> I don't know my Disney movies, guys. Sorry, I'm a Nissan guy. I, we don't know much. Yeah, that's, it's definitely not my forte. I've got two boys, so it's like, we watched I Am Legend tonight, seven oh, and what ten. A great, what a great movie, man. And especially right Legend. now. The only thing that about yeah. that movie is like the the CG with the zombies or yeah. whatever they are doesn't hold rough. But the, the idea of that movie is so great. Yeah, that's, I didn't really, like, I didn't pick it as a result of the current times that we live in, but sure. I, we watched um, I, Robot the other night. Like, I'm bringing him back to all the mm-hmm. old Will Smith movies, right? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I was like, tomorrow we watch I Am Legend, and we watched it, and they were, I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, really close to what's going on <laughs> right except for the gas prices when you see that where he's putting the kids on the helicopter and stuff you're like yeah. i forget what i remember at the time watching that going you know and we're all car people so you pay attention we're right. suv especially like a century people so we don't get mileage well we don't know what that is so you pay attention to gas prices and yeah. i seen that and it, back then it was like three something i was like geez this movie dated itself when it came out at the theater yeah. instantly well now gas yeah. is a buck fifty so right right or in some cases they give it to you so yeah it's negative (laughs) and they want you to take it because they can't store it right right (laughs) 
So speaking of this crazy time that we're in, um, have like work, personal, has the coronavirus like affected you or how, how are you doing with all that? <clears throat> oh man, I'm getting a chest cold here. No, it's uh, actually, actually, <laughs> so, so if you don't know, I am a podcaster slash YouTuber guy, but in my real life, I'm an engineer slash surveyor. So um, I will say it's really not, it's, it's not for me now. Now my wife, she works for Verizon and they, they shoved all their people work you know, work from home. But for me, like, it's kind of been great. There's no traffic now. So, so when I'm traveling all over uh, middle Tennessee, I, I don't have anybody in my way. Yeah. Generally I'm in the middle where there's nobody around me anyways. So, you know, it's, it's really been no change for me other than, you know, I see my neighbors walking up and down the sidewalks now. It's kind of strange. Yeah. yeah it's like, I feel like people go out more now than they ever did before. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I guess I, I get being locked in, but well, there's only so many video, you know, kid, this is a kid's dream right now. It's like, you think, Oh man, I just got out of school two months early yeah. and I can play all these video games, but kids especially learn real quick, man, that there's only so many video games you can play before you got to just go do something. And like you were saying, I've seen more kids out of my street. I didn't know I had this many kids in my neighborhood. So, <laughs> so I guess for that, maybe this has somewhat been a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I, my seven-year-old just this morning, uh, he only wants to play video games. He's obsessed with his iPad and he had to do e-learning and I, I was downstairs working and I heard him upstairs going, no, I'm never doing e-learning ever. <laughs> and my wife was like, can you come up here? And I was like, <laughs> up upstairs, like you don't talk to your mom like that, you know, that's that right. Happened. And they know dad's footsteps. They, oh, they yeah. definitely, they definitely like, I remember as a kid too, like my dad had a 1977 uh, Chevy Silverado okay. that had, it had uh, glass packs on it. Like he'd in, in, you know, older vehicles, like you were going to have to rebuild them every 50,000 miles. They just, okay. so I remember my dad in the, it, we grew up pretty poor too. So we didn't have a garage and he would rebuild this. The engines were so small versus the inside of the hood. You could shut the hood down. And yeah. he would he would be rebuilding the top of this thing in rain and stuff like because it was his way to work. So I remember hearing the the glass packs of that thing coming from a mile down the road. And if I ever got in trouble, it was like dad's footsteps. You know, you knew the heavy sound of, of here comes dad. You better go <laughs> go hide somewhere. So, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's I keep trying to explain that to my wife because, of course, you know, she wants to be like, oh, let's put him in time out. I'm like, listen. <laughs> it doesn't obviously it doesn't work he's screaming at you so like today i went upstairs and i'm like do you talk like that to me and he was like no and i was like how come and i was like is it because you're scared of me and he was like you're right yes and i was like okay be scared of her too because if she gets mad i'm coming up well, so. well, and, and i know that i know you're you know overland and stuff but to wrap up on that I remember one time getting some bad grades in school or i did something i i forget what it was and my mom went to paddle me like this is for you millennials out there. Like there was a time where you could abuse your child, you know, within the law, there, there was a small, there was a, you know, you could spank your kids. Yeah. And I remember my mom spanking me and I cracked up laughing because, you know, my mom didn't have yeah. the strength of my dad. And so when dad came home, dad had a belt that Dave got on his butt a little bit. And after that, <laughs> if my mom ever did anything, there was alligator. I mean, she could just talk to me and there was going to be like, and after that, she never like she knew like oh he's his dad's not gonna not gonna hold up so yeah yeah mine was a wooden spoon it wasn't really 
Yeah, wooden spoon. They still have it too. My parents do. There's like a chunk that broke out of it on my butt one time. Like they hit me so hard <laughs> that a chunk of it flew off. And they still use that thing. And I think they do it just to mess with me. Like they're like, right. "Hey, want some potatoes?" And I'm like, "Oh, Fletch, you want to get back in line?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's. But you know what? It's weird. I like it works. Yeah, yeah, oh. because. It, once again, I know guys, I know this is Overland show, but, no, but, this is like but there is stuff, right? There is much like, you know, there's give and take in the woods. When you take your vehicle out there, there's lessons you learn. And right. sometimes there's lessons to learn in life. And it's better to learn them when you're five to 10, maybe than it is uh, yeah. when you're 20 to 30. Sometimes they're worse than getting paddled, right? If you break down in the middle of nowhere and have to walk 20 miles out of the woods to find some help. Yeah. Or service. you find out somebody's hacked your bank account and then all of a sudden you have no money. Yeah, I'll take I'll take I'll take a good, good old spanking over that any day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. So speaking of breaking down, um, just this is just a quick question, right? Do you prefer newer or older vehicles? Because hmm. you've had hmm. both. I've seen you have brand oh, yeah. new vehicles and then older ones. Yeah, what let's see. I, you know, I, I don't know. So so as a kid growing up, I had way before OB2 and all this stuff where you could plug in and tell your cars, you know, they would tell you what's wrong with it. Um, I would kind of cut my teeth on, on, I got a hand-me-down car and, and I learned to turn wrenches that way a little bit. Now, by no means am I an expert. And out of the two of us on our, our show, Danny is by far the, the mechanic guy. Um, but I will say there is something nice about plugging that in because my wife's extra right now, she, she texts me and she was on her way home and she's like, Hey, it's got a Oh, four, six, five code or something, something like that. And so I'm instantly on the internet going, Oh, well, there it is. Boom. Easy, easy fix. So I will say there's probably a cutoff date for me of, uh, 97 somewhere in there when, uh, OBD two, when came in <laughs> the laziness of me and the older <laughs> I get, the less I want to go out and figure things out. So I will say, you know, relatively modern cars yeah no that makes sense well and i mean like i think when i think of that question i mean like i feel like there are two types of people right like there are people that are like i'm just going to go to the dealership and lease a brand new car mm-hmm. or you know maybe those people might buy a two or three year old car maybe I, but i feel like those type of people even are just like ew you know i don't want that right whereas like you know like so i i'm both those people right like i have a 2014 q50 but then i have a 2005 xterra right it's like the beast but I, I don't know. I, I think I would say older vehicles because of just my experience in the automotive industry and stuff for a while. And like the ripoff sure. that is new car buying, but mm-hmm. you know, that's, it just kind of depends on the per- the person I think and the mechanical know-how. Well, there's there, I will say this, there's very few cars new that I would go just buy new. So with mm-hmm. Nissan, uh, me being a Nissan show. So Nissan has a new frontier coming out. And it's, you're going to see it within the next couple of months. You're going to see them show it and then it'll be on sale about January next year. So that is a vehicle that for one, I, the frontier has always been the, my favorite truck, the midsize truck. So I, I just, I leased a Titan, Fletch, you had seen it and the lease is up and I turned it in and the full size truck, which I've owned several full size trucks, but in my age now, I feel like, I just don't need a big vehicle like that. So, sure. so the, the only vehicle, there's only a couple vehicles like that. Maybe, um, oh gosh, let's see. 
maybe the new vet, even though, you know, I'm an Nissan guy, I, the new vet would maybe, if I had that kind of cash, I'd go, oh, I might own that one. But yeah. yeah, no, or Lamborghini, something, something. Sure. But, but no, I'm, I'm a two to three year old car guy. Let, let somebody else take that depreciation and, sure. and I'll, I'll kick in. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I, I've always had like a weird love hate with vets. Like I just, like if I could pick any vet right just this minute, I think I would get like a late model C6 Z06. Like really? That would be the one. Because I'd heard the like, Zio, the 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 C6, there really wasn't a major upgrade from the five to the six. Well, so there was a decent power bump, but it's still mm-hmm. an NAV8, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the electronic controls got so good on. So I rode with a guy, and when I did autocrossing in the past, that had a C6 top trim, whatever that is sporty. I don't know right, that right. at all. Um, well, it was a Z06, but um, he put on the, the traction control, like the sport track mode or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we went around this course and like, I had done it in my Z and like, I felt pretty good about it, but like I had everything to say, like I turned off BDC and everything sure. in the 350Z just cause like it just kills all the fun. And so just having full manual control is a lot of fun. I got in this thing and it was violent, but it was <laughs> awesome like right right it was just like it and we got done and i was like you are an amazing driver and he's like no i'm not it's the car <laughs> right. i was like holy shit, like that's amazing right well and, and a lot of the modern lamborghinis now you know it's like these people that are setting they go to their local track and set all these records and you're like it, it's it's a computer now you know yeah. you just you just happen to instead of uh being the inner button you're pushing this accelerator and that's it right yep yeah, I just like I think I just like like the meaner and more raucous and like abnormal the better. Like mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that likes to like take my like glass packed, you know, 72 Datsun 240Z with a Chevy V8 crammed into it into like rich people's neighborhoods and just like idle and floor it all around and just piss them <laughs> off. So anyway. Well, but with sports cars it's hard to put a roof rack on them too. That's true. Yeah, that's why you have to have both. Like, <laughs> of course. Never have of one course. Car. <laughs> Who has one car? That's weird. That's true because I have, let's see. Well, I just lost the Titan. It went yeah. back. Let's see. I've got the Juke now. I've got two Xterras and then there's a Sentra sitting out there. So yeah, you just can't have one car. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. One for every day. Yeah. It's like um, shoes. Yeah. So as you just mentioned, you have a bunch of Nissans, right? You run a channel called the Nissan Nation podcast. Why are mm-hmm. you so loyal to Nissans and like, what is your experience? Like, I'm the same way, but I'm curious what your story is as to how you got into it and why you love them so much. Well, first off, I'm cheap. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. No, so so my my thing, I grew up in a GM household, like like through and through. My dad was a Chevrolet guy. As I mentioned earlier, he had a Silverado. He's had a bunch of GM products. Uh, we had Buicks growing up as a kid. And that was that was the thing. You only did that. Well, I'm from Ohio. I, I, my parents in the seventies, I'm dating myself here, but they moved to middle Tennessee to a town called Murfreesboro, just outside of Nashville. Well, in 79, 80 Nissan decided they wanted a manufacturing plant in, uh, in North America. So they chose a li- at the time it was a one light town, Smyrna, Tennessee. I mean, literally it had one light and it never worked and they chose that's where we're building our, our plant. Yeah. So Growing up, my sister bought a little hard body. Uh, I think it was a 90 hard body. And I just liked that vehicle. My brother had a, a an 89 S10. And that was back when you lowered vehicles. You know, you drop yeah. them and all that. Sure. 
Um, but the Nissan to me, the quality difference was night and day. Like yeah. it was like ridiculous how much like I would get in, you'd shut the door of the S10 and not that, you know, it was still a new car, yeah. but for something about the, the, the hard body just felt solid. So there was yeah. that my parents did in 84, they bought a Sentra <laughs> and it didn't last a year with my dad and he went back to GM. I don't know what it was about oh. it. You know, they're little commuter cars. It, it just wasn't much there. So growing up, all my friends and family have worked for Nissan. I've seen the impact that it's took this one like town and and now the that town is well over a hundred thousand people in it. Uh I've seen the impact that that big manufacturing like that can do. And then a lot of the the brands that I used to like, like we were talking vet, man. I, I was a vet kid growing up. Uh I don't know. It's just, I felt like the, the American manufacturers lost touch. They just yep. they knew people would buy stuff and they didn't innovate much until really until Ford decided they wanted to sell a lot of F-150s, you know, update them every year and a half. There was boring. They, they just, yeah. there was nothing there. And you, you seen like the value you would get from a Nissan versus some of the, what you would pay. It just, it, it made a lot of sense to me. Now too, with the plant being here, there's a lot of used Nissans here. Right. So, so, yeah. so when there's your markets flooded, the value you like, you can find bargains on those, on those vehicles. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and I know this is a long winded story, but you're fine. so let's see. I had my first import vehicle was a Honda element. Yeah. I bought it in 2005. Before that, I had like an F two fifty, and and you're run. I had a Volkswagen too, which I would never put anybody in a Volkswagen. Like mm. that was a nightmare experience. Two years of that Jetta, and it was oh my god. So I bought this Honda Element, love that thing, and still I will tell people that little Honda Element was one of the most fun and practical vehicles I've ever owned, like yeah. ever owned. But I got married. The wife decided, hey, you know, we like going to the lake. Why don't we? We want to buy a boat. Well, my little Honda Element wasn't going to carry a jet ski, let alone a boat. <laughs> so, so it was like, well, looking at pickup trucks. So right around that time, 2005, uh, the new Frontier came out. And I remember seeing one right after I bought my Honda. And I did that quick head snap of like, what, what is that? It just was so different from the previous one. And it just, it was a little bit bigger. And I remember seeing that truck going, wow. And now, I'm lucky too. I see a lot of prototype vehicles before they hit the market because of where I'm at. They do a lot of testing. And I seen these vehicles and I was like, I think I'm going to buy a Frontier. Now, once again, I said I am a little cheap. So I, there was one, on, a used one, a year old one on the, on the lot. It was two wheel drive. It was a four door. Went and got it. We loved it. We took it on all kinds of little camping trips and adventures. Nice. And it had the roof rack, you know, like the Xterra does. Yeah. And one let's see good friday april i think it was april 8th good friday of oh nine we had tornadoes hit my town direct hit to my office killed my truck and and let me tell you when a, when a tour and sadly there was two people that passed away from it out of if you ever seen the destruction yeah. there should have been more we were very lucky and unfortunate for that it was a, a mom and daughter so it was very unfortunate for that but when that happens everybody's looking for a vehicle and so me being a land surveyor, I knew I wanted four wheel drive and I really wanted an SUV this time. So I started scouring around and I'd always liked the Xterra and I, when they came out in 99, I was like, Oh, those are really cool. 
Um, I found a white one and it was a, let's see, it was a, what year was that one? Oh gosh. Oh, one. Okay. So it was pretty old. It was pretty old at the time, but uh, the, the economy in 09, if y'all remember, was slowing down. Yeah. I was trying to be practical and like, hey, let's not dump a ton of money. And I got it like seven grand. Nice. Fell in love with that. I found a, a forum and I'd been on forums with the, the element. But for some reason, the, the Nissan forums really kicked in. It was like a family. And it's not yeah. like Facebook now where like people would just tell you to go search or they're just rude to you forums there was for some reason there's anonymity there was a a a picture of something that wasn't you and people were just a lot nicer so i fell in love with these forums and it just grew from there and i i ended up starting extera nation and then i ended up starting frontier nation and i i pass those off to to new people and then i got into podcasting so i I know that's long flesh and you're probably like dude Um, but just, it just, the love of it grew and then Nissan moved their headquarters here. So I started getting more connected with the inside information and it, between that and just loving their products, it just, it grew from there. Yeah. No, that's, that's an awesome story. Like that's, I remember when my wife and I first started dating, like (laughs) when, when I was supposed to propose to her, I, I told her I didn't have enough money to buy a ring. And then, like, within a month, I bought a 350Z, and I put $1,000 down on it. There was a cat-back exhaust on it. Yeah. And then I showed up at her house, and I'm like, check out this car. And she started crying, and I was like, okay. How old now were you? Gotta, How old were you? Now I got to get her a ring. I 23. Oh, okay. So you were still kind of like, young and didn't understand the, the subtleties. I was just out of college, yeah. It was so strong that when we got married, like, a couple years later, I won't show them on the screen here, but like, if you see my wedding pictures, there's one of like the back of the Z with the Nissan hamburger logo. All right. Oh, can you hear me? Okay? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. It said my internet connection was dropping um, with the hamburger logo with the bouquet sitting on the spoiler of the 350 Z and then us blurry <laughs> in the background. It's like the Z is in That's total classic. focus. We're blurry in the background. That, right. Those are my wedding pictures. So like, and you, pick, um, you had to I've pay for that picture, right? Oh Yeah. 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 It was, uh, most of the pictures have the car in them. We drove away in the car. So yeah, it was, uh, it's, you know, it's 50, 50 wife I, to I'm, Nissan. So I'm kind of like that. that. I have that title. <laughs> well, I'm kind of like that too, because my wife who was from Detroit, she came here to middle Tennessee to go to college and, and we found each other and, you know, you know, the classic story, but she, um, she was her parents are hardcore GM people. They retired from GM, man. That yeah. it's 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 either the the union and then there's GM. But ultimately, it's like their love is uh, I can't place it. But GM give them a nice it did they gave them a nice living and and they yeah. they've done well with that. But sure. so the idea of a foreign car, especially if if you ever drive through Detroit, you do oh, yeah. not see very many import vehicles like yeah. you know it's weird it, 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 it is like a ghost town of like imports yeah. so i somehow she you know she liked the xterra i bought and and the idea of we were going to start a family and she wanted a four-door car she had a little cobalt and i was like well you know take a look at the 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 nissan maxima and she liked it but she was like i just don't think i could i don't want what i'm paying for profits going to another country it's a very old school way of Sure. of looking at it sure. even though today there are glo- they're global companies there are no right. american companies for auto manufacturing it's global 
Right. So, so I said, yeah, but this Maxima was built just right up here. the street. Right. Like our friends and family profited from that. Yeah. And it, it clicked to her a little bit of like, Oh, that makes, it's like Detroit, my parents, you know, her parents or whatever, they all profited from it. It's, I said, it's the same mentality. So she right. got that car. And so it come time we had our, our, we were having our daughter and I was like, I want to bring the daughter home in my Xterra. And now by this time, my Xterra was lifted, <laughs> like not rednecky, but it wasn't classy, like the Maxima, you know, to bring your, to bring your kid home in. And she was, she put her foot down. She's like, there's no way you're bringing our daughter home for her first ride in that Xterra. So I'm with you kind of on the picture thing. Yeah. 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 It's tricky, but the love runs deep, right? You know, of course. So cool. So you mentioned, you know, that you do go camping and stuff. I know you're not necessarily like a, an overlander per se, but you're a wheeler, right? You're an off-roader. You know, I, since we've gotten to know each other, you haven't, I haven't had a ton of time to adventure like we used to, but no, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm a, I'm a hybrid. I'm definitely a hybrid. I'm not the, the dumb redneck that's just going to go tear his stuff up, you know, load it on a trailer and tear it up. But I'm also like, I like tinkering with things. I like gear. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Uh, RX stare out there that we would take. It's full of overlanding gear. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, I, I, I've kind of, I like both worlds. So I don't consider sure. myself one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I've talked about this a bunch in the past, but like labels don't really matter. You know what I mean? Again, you and I have the connection of Nissan, which is great. You like mm-hmm. trucks. You're not just sports cars. I'm kind of both sports cars. I like luxury cars. I like, mm-hmm. I like everything Nissan does because mm-hmm. I'm super biased, but do you have a favorite season? And I'm very, the reason I ask this is because I have certain seasons that I like and certain seasons that I don't. I won't say. Oh, I know we've talked, we've talked privately about these. these That's seasons. true, I guess. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite? Well, seeing how I'm a land surveyor, I hate winter. Okay. Uh, it, it, the, it, it is because like for camping and stuff, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I like sure. to do that. But when you're out five okay. to six days a week in it, right. you're kind of like the last thing you want to do is go spend your free time in it. And my wife, like stuck in office all the time. And even on hot summer days, she'll, I'll come home and I just want to sit in the AC. And she's like, hey, let's go outside. Let's go do something. I'm just like, you do not understand what I, I do all day. Like uh, I'm, I'm with every bug and everything out there, like snakes and everything trying to kill me. And like, I just want to be in the safe comfort of my living room. And she's like, well, I want to go to town, you know, and I don't blame her yeah. much. Like I'm sure she doesn't blame me. I don't want to that, but no, as far as like, I was a boy scout. I know you're kind of, you know, you're, you kind of work with that some. And I remember doing winter camping and it was a bunch of fun. I've yeah. done, Let's see. I my last my last big overlanding trip. I went out with Rogue Overland, and Sweet. we drove from Vegas to uh, to Silverton, Colorado, which Silverton's about thirteen thousand feet in the air. So you're talking about, and this was in August. So you're talking about going from 120 degrees in Vegas to at night. It was definitely teens at night, wow. and it was in August. Yeah. So. So, but I, I did enjoy that. And, you know, we're in rooftop tents and yeah. all, all the, all the fun gear that Overland guys would like, but, but no, I, I like everything, I guess, season wise, probably spring just because yeah. you're kind of coming out of the funk of winter and it's not hot yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I would have said historically that I don't like spring because of all the rain. Cause I hate camping in the rain. Cause it's right. like, like you said, right. Like, why would I. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not a wuss. It doesn't bother me. It's just like 
the whole point was to get out and like have a fire and relax and mm -hmm. enjoy not sit in a tent in the rain. I could sit in my house and watch TV in rain, you know. Of course. Um, but like I took my boys out a couple of weeks ago and the weather was perfect. There were no bugs. It was like 60-ish and it was, it was one mm -hmm. of the best trips we've ever had like a month ago before this oh, all nice. got bad. Um, so I don't right. know what to do now. I think spring's pretty good. So, yeah, especially with kids. You know, with kids, it, it's a, yeah. they're not as uh, – you get them cold, and uh, <laughs> they're a little whiny. Yeah. Mine are weird, though. Mine don't feel cold. Really? Like, yeah, it's, it's disconcerting. Like, we went on a Cub Scout camp out, and it was like in like October or something, like a year or two ago. And it right. got down to like twenties probably. And I'm, I'm pretty much a winter camper. Like I like camping in the winter a lot, but mm -hmm. I was there and I was all dolled up and I had my wool blanket and my zero degree bag on and all this stuff. And I look over at my 10 year old, who was probably nine, eight or nine then. And he's like stripped down to his underwear, <laughs> leg hanging out of the sleeping bag, arm hanging out of the sleeping bag, head off the pillow, like <laughs> on the ground, just passed out. And I'm like, oh, what? Wow. <laughs> like, right. Fine. Well, yeah, because oh, in that yeah. same trip, I was telling you in, in Colorado, like Danny, my, my partner, he's from SoCal, man. He's, and he's used yeah. to eighties, nineties, like sure. and he doesn't winter, like their winter camping is much different than here on the East coast, you know, like 70 degrees. And all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, I can't be out there. So yeah. And I, I always keep being a land surveyor too. I always keep hot hands and those things just uh -huh. as an emergency. And I took some out there with me and I threw it in my sleeping bag. Because yeah. I didn't take any of my own gear out there. So it was a crapshoot of what I was getting. Yeah. And so I was comfy, man. And Danny that first night was, he had, he had a scarf on his head anywhere he could cover himself. And, and he was, I, and I was like, Hey man, next night I was like, here's some, some hot hands, throw it in your sleeping bag. And after that he was cool. And guess what? He just came back from another trip where they were in the four corners there in New Mexico area. Uh -huh. And it was cold as could be. It was February, and guess what? He took with him a bunch of hot hands. Yeah, they're great. Right. Yeah, those things make a huge difference. It's amazing. Cool. So we can kind of combine these next two questions, I think, because they're kind of the right. same. You've kind of talked about it, but first 4 by 4 vehicle you owned slash um, how'd you get your start in off-roading, right? Like they're kind of the same thing. Hmm. Well, let's see. Um, my start was due to my profession. Because uh, being a land surveyor, I'm, there's logging roads I'm always have to go down. And I cut my teeth, believe it or not, on a two-wheel drive. Well, see, I cut my teeth. My first survey vehicle was a 89 Geo Metro hatchback. Oh, and God. I, I wow. kid you not. I, and I took that thing in places. You know, it was a little <laughs> three-cylinder car. Yeah. I had no business being off the road at all. Right. I took that thing places, and not being a dumb kid, but just I had places to go. And a work vehicle for me is a work vehicle. Like right. I, I, I don't purposely tear things up, but I'm, it's a work vehicle. Right. So I would take that thing to Creek crossings. I kid you not. I, I, I was kind of done with that vehicle, but the next vehicle I got was a little uh, Ranger, a little two wheel drive Ranger. And, and why the company at the time I worked for kept buying two wheel drive vehicles. I do not know <laughs> yeah. because, because the guy I worked for was an older gentleman and he had done this for 40, 50 years. It's not like he didn't, know what we do right. and but that that five speed in that ranger taught me how to pick lines because you had to plan especially if you're going up a, a pretty steep incline you had to plan your trip before you got there because you knew you were going to be bouncing a little bit and going yeah. and then after that it was a f-150 it was yeah. a 97 f-150 uh long bed 
king cab. And the worst thing, the longest thing in the world you'd ever want to take through woods. Yeah. But it had a horrible, the, I, I forget what it was, like a four, six or four, eight, a small block V8 in it that had no power. Jeez. But it had a great four-wheel drive system in it. And after that, I was just like, there's no way I can ever go back to not having a four-wheel drive vehicle. Like, and I've told my wife, because we do get a lot of ice and weather here in Middle Tennessee, I was like, we always have to have a four-wheel drive in a fleet now. There's just no way around it. Yeah. Wow. Makes my cat's sense. decided he wants to be a part of the video, I think. Nice. Hey, my you cat. can't drink my whiskey. That's mine. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a no-go. <laughs> I don't I share that. <laughs> so we kind of talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I know you have multiple cars. What what would you say is your favorite now? Like I, I was gonna ask what do you drive now, but what is your favorite, I guess, now? Oh gosh. <laughs> that that could change day to day, honestly. Yeah. Um I, my Xterra has always been I've had two Gen 1 Xterras. My first one was a 2001, and my current one is a 2000. Kind of my my personal play truck. Sure. And um when that thing was stock, I, I had so much fun in that vehicle. Um, and, and I hate to see when people go and buy like, especially a Wrangler or something, and then they take it to four wheel parts and they throw $30,000 at it. And it's a badass vehicle. Don't get me wrong, but they right. never learned how to drive it. Yeah. And so, so I'm big on any vehicle I buy and I don't care if it's something I've already had. I want to go take it stock and, experience what that vehicle can offer me before i modify it and then that way you know what you're mod you know how you're modifying that vehicle so i i want to say my gen ones were my favorite but my juke right now man is is (laughs) yeah and i've had i've had real sports cars but this juke for some reason right now has my it has my heart right now yeah that's awesome yeah I've, i've always you know when the Jukes first came out, I was like excited. And then like, I was like, Hey, all my friends, look at this cool, weird, quirky car. And they're like, you're an idiot. That thing's <laughs> ugly. It's the worst. And I was like, yeah, yeah. That's oh, what do you, but secretly like deep down, I've always been like, you guys are wrong. Like those right. things are cool. I know. I mean, like, you know, there's everything that it's like, I look back at like old Nissan POWs and stuff. PAOs. If you're not familiar with that and you're listening to this channel, just go Google Nissan POW. Um, but they're like, it's like, I, when I go back and I look at those cars, I'm like, now I understand a lot of the design choices that Nissan has made. It's like a heritage right. play, right? Like, well, sure. those things were quirky and weird as hell, but they were so cool. Well, and I love know, that Nissan's always done that. And you, re, you remind me of that by asking me, you know, my favorite vehicle. Now, yeah. I will say the, the vehicle, my all-time favorite SUV that I've not got to own yet, and I will have one one day, is, is the last generation Patrol. Yes, I knew you were going to say patrol. I was like, the, um, the and, and my Australian people always get in my ass about not knowing the body code of this thing. Yeah, but but right before it went to what we call the Armada here in the states, you know, they they now call it patrol too. But the generation before that was the perfect vehicle to me because it was a little bit bigger than the Gen Two Xterra, like you have and I have one. Yeah, but I don't know something about that vehicle is it's very. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's just very rugged looking, and but yet when you get in one, and and I have a friend here in Nashville that was able to import one legally. Yeah. So um, cool. yeah, it's a Brazilian one too, so it's actually <laughs> uh, it's a left hand drive. Cool. And when you when you see your dream vehicle, like 
and I know everybody has like, you know, you throw me in a, a, a Lamborghini Gallardo or something like I'm going to like be excited too. But sure. my dream SUV is this, is this patrol. And I, I tell my buddy Oz with Oz four wheel drive, he, uh, yeah. and he imports these things now like crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm like, dude, if you ever sell that, and he's like, dude, you couldn't afford this thing if I, if I, because, because there's only like one or two legally in the United States legally right. now, not with Florida license plates, like people try <laughs> to sneak them in. Um, and he's like, dude, there's, you couldn't afford this. And I'm like, probably not, right. but you know, but, right. but I know, I know I've ruined your interview here with that, but, but no, that is my all time. That's probably my all time favorite, favorite Nissan. Yeah. That's like, I want all of them, you know, like I look at importers yes. websites all the time. Like, but I mean, honestly, I think you're 100% right. And going back to that, like new versus old question, like I honestly, if I could have anything, right? Like, because those older ones are more expensive than newer cars. I would have an O2 R34. Like that would be just like, if I could get like a, a, a V-Spec 2 maybe. If I could get that, okay, sure. But that's in midnight ridiculous. purple. Like just any R thirty four GTR. Huh? Right, right. Any R thirty four GTR, I'd be fine with. Mm-hmm. And then, like exactly what you just said, like a patrol for my winter vehicle, like mm-hmm. a newer, newer ish one, like the eighties, nineties ones, like those ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh my god, the round, like the, round because... the round light patrols. Yeah, yeah, I think like those it, are six. No, I, I won't. I don't even want to say because you're 50, audience, 60 grand, I mean. probably. Yeah. 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 Um, like, can well, you imagine year round? Like, everyone would be like, "What the hell kind of car is that?" <laughs> right. Like, exactly. It. It'd be so. Well, so cool. I have a I have a good friend here in, in my town who was able to. He was one of the first importers of the Skyline. It's a GTS. T. I, I get all the numbers on that even mixed up. Yeah. But he he was the second. Uh, he was the the second person to import one legally in the United States, okay. and and I, I you can go on my podcast I, on the audio side. And I've interviewed him um, in, around episode eighty ninety somewhere there. Okay. And dude, when you sit in that car, even and you're talking about a car from ni- I think it was in ninety three, okay. uh, because they didn't make a GTR that year, and this is the only reason he imported this one. Yeah, um, some of those cars, like a, especially ones we can't have. Like right. I, I'm sure your audience is global and there, there, there's probably certain things. There's probably somebody in India that sees a Chevrolet Cobalt and is like, that Whoa. is my dream car. Right. I would gladly send you about 15 of them because <laughs> it was one of the worst cars in the world. And maybe the Japanese say some of these cars that we want here are like, why would these people want these cars? Right. But probably. definitely like when I seen this car in person, I was just like, Oh my God, it's only a skyline, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, but to know that, the potential for it could have been a gtr but no. i don't even need a gp gtr fletch like you give me that skyline gtse i i'm perfectly yeah. happy because it's a fast car still yeah it makes a good sound yes and you yeah. throw some actual nismo and my buddy is a he's a p- time period guy too so if he puts anything on it it's time period it. correct. so any nismo is got that weird 80s looking way they used to write nismo like the yeah. steering wheel and he like, I think yeah. the steering wheel, he paid about six or $700 for just because <laughs> wow. it's time period. Correct. Wow. So, anyways, cars are expensive guys. If you haven't learned this yet by watching these channels, cars are expensive. Yeah. I'm waiting for the day when like companies just say, Hey, we really like all your content. We're going to give you one of those. Well, let me ask you this. So, so <laughs> being an SUV guy and, and you were, you were talking about 
uh, watching, um, oh, iRobot. So it's in the yep. future. Well, right now, West. So yeah, it's again, not to like throw any hate at anybody else. Like there are tons of people that love tons of different types of vehicles. And there are tons of people that have had Chevys or Pontiacs and they've run to 250, 300,000 miles. So don't get me wrong. But again, the way that I look at it is it's a percentage game, right? Like yeah. if I can consistently say, okay, Nissan's 70 to 80% of the time are great. And okay, Toyotas are 90% of the time are great, but it costs me twice as much for a Toyota. Like the Nissan makes perfect financial sense. Oh yeah. And, and four runner guys now, and, and not to dog on, <clears throat> you know, overlanders that drive four runners. Cause that's sure. awesome. And I, I, I love four runners. Don't get me wrong, man. The, the mid 95 somewhere in there. I love that old four runner, yeah. but you know, it's hard to justify, especially now the new four runners, the oh, price yeah. that they want for them. And it's a 10 year old design. Now Nissan for the, the, the frontier gets all kinds of hate for it. It's, it's on its 15th year of this design. And granted, it is, it is deserved that it gets this hate. But the, the Forerunner, is, that's a pretty old platform for them to still get premium money for. Yeah. And it's got a gas-guzzling you know, motor that, that's horrible. Or then they swap in the new Tacoma, which I'm a fan of. I love the design of the Tacoma yeah. to sit in one. And if you're not my height, I'm 5'8", for those who care. It's perfectly for me, but you get over my height, and it's the most uncomfortable thing to sit huh. in. It's got a, a dog of a motor, and, yeah. and I know Toyota fanboy is going to – they'll stand up for that motor and be like, oh, no, it's great. It's a dog. It's underpowered. It's, there, it's, it's all tech, no go in that thing. And, yeah, crawl control and all those things are fun, but at the end of the day, for, for I think for true adventures – it's not about the gadgets in that vehicle. It's not about being able to push a button and it keeps you going down a hill at three mile an hour or, or going up whatever it's about. I'm old school of give me an old transfer case that I can manually shift it. And I know it's in (laughs) and maybe an automatic transmission and I'm plenty happy anymore. Um, And I don't have to with, with a lot of the Nissan vehicles, I don't have to pay God, you know what i would say a 10 forerunner is probably still 20 grand or more oh at least yeah um and i can go get a 10 xterra for six to eight thousand dollars and go have fun on the trails maybe then i can buy the the expensive max tracks or whatever that outfit my vehicle a little a little better than but I think ultimately, though, Nissan people, we're different anyways. And, and not to, like, I had fun with the cheapness part. But I think, especially Xterra people, the Xterra looks so different versus anything else. Yeah. There's people that don't want to be in the, the same cookie-cutter mold. And nothing against people that love Toyota or, or sure, whatever, track. you know. Yeah, they're all great vehicles. But for me, I just... Like I said earlier, I'm an underdog guy, so I kind of like that Nissan's always an underdog. Um, I love the JDM heritage that they have with the be the Z's or you know whatever. Um, and I, I know Toyota has some of that, and and obviously GM has heritage with the Vet and in those things. But I don't know, man. I just I just I want to be different, and it's yeah. not like a weird millennial. I want to be different. It's a I don't want to be I. You know, vehicles are vehicles are how you see yourself in life generally. Yeah. Car people and get so, it. Yeah, and so I don't want to be, you know, I work out when I can, but I don't want to be that gym rat that's, that's sure I got these big muscles, but at the end of the day, we go to the same kind of house. 
we all sleep eight to nine hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm on my... the exact same page. Cat? Hold on a minute. <laughs> See the cat. <laughs> you grab the cat. I'm grabbing a beer. For those that don't know, Nissan invited Dave on the Nissan Titan adventure recently to check out the 2020 Nissan Titan. Mm-hmm. And as I told you multiple times, I'm super jealous, but how <laughs> awesome was that thing? Well, so I've been on a few trips from, with Nissan and um, that's the one thing is like, I'm, I'm a weird hybrid. I'm a, I'm a journalist, but yet I'm an enthusiast of the brand too. So they like the new way of media is, is, is different. And, you know, that's why car magazines and stuff are dead now is because people don't want to, they don't want some snooty dude telling you about some vehicle that they could care less about. They want to know what the enthusiasts, like if I type in something on YouTube about a Nissan, it's because for one, I want to know about that particular thing. I don't want car and drivers 45, you know, they put the Nissan center against whatever subcompacts are out there. Like I want to know what I want to know. So Right. So the new way of doing things, and, and I think Nissan, especially their old their old PR team, you know, there's been a lot of changeover in the past couple of months, but their old PR team was they they didn't have a ton of money to spend. And and if you're a Nissan fanboy, you you see the same ad that we all see. It's a, it's a Nissan Rogue and Altima, and then you you see it, it's this weird dealership, and then at the end of the commercial, it's got every car they've got in the background. Yeah. And and why that is, is because Nissan doesn't have the money that other brands have. Sure. Uh, previous previous uh, leadership had a plan, what they called the 88 plan. It was like 8% margins. Uh, I forget, 8% market value. Something It was some oh. silly plan. But what it did was it ran Nissan so thin at making money that they couldn't, they couldn't afford to you know, test new ways of doing ads. So these marketing teams have come up with these cool things like the Titan adventures where they grab journalists and they mix them in with, with enthusiasts that they mostly find off Instagram and they, they bring them out and they want the journalists to see how excited these enthusiasts are for, uh, for the vehicles, especially like the 2020 Titan. When we got to drive that vehicle before anybody else did like, like we were, there was three waves. There was a major press wave. Then there was my, my press wave. And then there was a uh, dealers at the end got to do it, the oh. trip. And so in November I was, I was driving a 2020 Titan. They weren't, they just showed them at, uh, I think end of October at the, um, Oh, the Texas state fair where a lot of trucks are premiered. Hmm. Um, so it was a big deal and it was a big deal for me because for one, being a hybrid is like the options are kind of slim for me. Like I'm not full press. I don't cover all the brands. So I, at sometimes I'm too Nissan. So Nissan's like, well, there's not a ton of value there for us. Um, but through doing this with the Nissan brand for 12, 13 years, whatever it is now, I have a pretty loyal following and that's not being me being arrogant and, and, sure that's just me being honest that me and Danny both, we have a pretty good following and like we have the ears of, of, I can't go in. I'm not going to tell you I can shape the market by any means, but I can definitely tell you I can shape aftermarket. 
Like there's, if me and Danny see something and we did it within the Nissan, when they did the destination frontier. So your overland community should love this. They seen destination frontier yeah. <clears throat> Nissan showed that for under what I think it was $40,000. They built an overland rig of frontier. Yeah. Um, and previously Nissan had been outfitting their vehicles, whether it be mountain patrol or some of the stuff with some unreputable companies like Cal mini and some oh, companies yeah. that's just treated, treated, they've treated their customers badly. And this, yeah. because it's Nissan, we don't have a ton of options. They get away right. with it. Yeah. So there's times like that when I'm able to shift some thinking within Nissan of like, hey, don't, don't go with this company because they have, right. like, you don't realize you're trying to win over your own audience and you're like, you're pissing your own audience off because <laughs> you're putting crap on it that they would never buy. Yeah. So these trips, we get invited because once again, we're, we're tweeners. We, yeah. we will do, I'll write about it. If you can go to our website, we're starting to do more blogs on there. Um, but we're doing more YouTube coverage and just within forums, stuff like that. So we get invited to that we got, the first one we went to was in Wyoming, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah. They sent us out to test the XD, the Nissan Titan XD. And we got to do a bunch of snowmobiling and just fun stuff. Yeah. It was, it was in Jackson Hole and then just over the, the state line at Idaho's where we, we were in these amazing cabins. Huh. <laughs> and cool. yeah, and Danny and me, we get us together, especially, man. We're going to make everybody have a good time. <laughs> I'm, naturally, I can be an introvert. So, and Danny's like way on the other side. <laughs> you put us together and like, like literally yeah. we're a normal. Yeah, we're a normal person when you put us together. <laughs> so, Nissan likes that though. They like that we came out. We did the 2020 trip. I got to, to test drive the truck with a new nine-speed transmission in it, which I will say is fabulous. And I, I do mean that. I didn't personally have a problem with the seven-speed, but the new nine-speed is amazing. And it's going to be in some future vehicles that you're going to really like. Um, so I don't know. There's Nissan sees value in some of the things like this, like bringing enthusiasts. Yeah. Overlanders, especially, they know there's value in that because they go to Expo West all the time. Oh, well, I know we've had talks. You asked me how how you can get on these things, but yeah, I need to be on this this stuff, all of it. <laughs> but but as, as I kind of get to my point of Nissan doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah, so You're they're looking for anything. No, but but these trips are based know. on it. These trips don't ultimately they're expensive, but they don't for a, a global company they don't cost anything for them to right. do. And they, they do get a little bit of buzz. Now, they're, yeah. they don't get as much buzz as – I don't think the, the true journalists give it enough attention that it should. Yeah. But I know there was talks of them doing it with the Frontier that's coming up. So they're, they're definitely um, – they're looking for ways to market themselves without – you know, like I, like I said, social media is the new advertising. Right. But, yeah. but like your channel here, man, you do a lot of, you know, product reviews and stuff. Uh, there's sure. value in that. And there's value in it because people like your personality or they like my personality. And once again, I'm not being cocky about, Hey, you know, we, sure. we've, we've gathered all these people, but they just, for some reason they liked me and Danny's personality and right. so we, whatever we get invited to these trips and they are a blast. I, I will not lie. Like the, the open bar <laughs> was amazing. Um, <laughs> me and Danny, the last, when we were at this, resort in um park city utah open bar and and i mean not that we're getting sloshed but we're having a good time and enjoying right. the the top shelf liquor 
<laughs> and they had a they had a little guy with a Fender since Fender Audio is doing in the new Titan. Yeah, Fender brought out a little little artist. He was singing cover songs or whatever. But him and his Fender acoustic, and it had Fender Audio everywhere. And they were kind of doing entertainment our last night, and like we just instantly get out of all the crowd singing with them. And like the, <laughs> you could see the dude was so happy. And Nissan, one of the reps came up to me. He's like, guys, we're so happy that you're here doing this because they're like, when we had just the press, they literally sat there and ate their meal. Didn't pay oh, any attention to that guy. And yeah. the, you know, I'll say this too. These uh, YouTube pages like yours or YouTube channels like yours are there's they're worth their weight in gold because passionate, the press anymore they're so spoiled by these trips and if, yeah, if, yeah. if you guys ever get to just see how well the press is treated to write a paragraph about a it, it's it's stupid expensive for that paragraph yeah they're 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 prima donnas and i will tell you this they'll all stab you in the back as soon as they can too oh yeah well that's like this was off camera but earlier we were talking about this and i was like i just want to find like a good local brewery right? They would give me like a couple cases a month and I would put them on all my videos and I would talk about how great they are. And I would like take their beers out to people like at meetings and stuff. Like that's exactly how I feel about Nissan, you know, but more so because I have, you know, a 20 year history with them Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, you just, you love a product because of its quirkiness. You love a product because of its quality. And it's like, yeah, I, I definitely think that new micro influencer thing is a huge missed opportunity by a lot of bigger companies well you know to so this last trip they brought out some major influencers and i'm talking people with i won't say i guess not major in the in the kim kardashian sense but (laughs) people that had 50 to 200k followers on instagram so so if they post something there's value in it right sure the influencers that they brought out could have cared less just it, it it was a joke, it, which puts more value into if you guys listening think, oh man, my Instagram, nobody's paying attention. I guarantee you, I've I've seen I've seen the board at, within Nissan HQ where they track it by the minute social media, and and hashtags mean everything, guys, on Instagram. So anytime you hashtag Nissan Titan or Nissan Frontier or something like that, guess what? It's statistics is is information and it's gold and they can sit here and they're they're looking for ways to change the market so they're watching and that's how a lot of these people on the original titan adventures got invited was just by using a hashtag and they were excited they showed a happy fun picture about their vehicle and nissan reached out to them and i was hit up by so many of these people going dave i don't think this is really nissan hit me up why would they hit me up (laughs) and i'm like because you show you were excited about your vehicle, man. And, and, you know, they're looking for that. Um, once again, you know, they could advertise on Jimmy Fallon show or whatever. And yeah, you're you're reaching, you're reaching a bunch of people, but you're not reaching your target audience. And I think today, and I think that's why overlanding is, is done real well is because like companies like CVT who, who Bobby is an awesome dude. There's a specific audience that that guy reaches or wants to reach. Yep overlanding for whatever reason like the timing was so strange because before 2010 11 nobody knew what overlanding was they seen they seen safari travel and stuff like that yeah but all these companies hit at the right time and they found their their right market um 
people like putting things together. So vehicles, it makes sense that I want to add a max tracks to the side of my vehicle, or I want to make my vehicle, the zombie, you know, walking dead <laughs> right. zombie apocalypse. Oh, it, that was so huge in the Xterra world around then where everybody yeah. was rebadging their vehicle, like zombie, whatever. Yeah, I never got that. I didn't either, man. But, but <laughs> uh, well, who am I to say? I'm, I have a juke for God's sakes. What do I know? But, but at the end of it, at the end of it, man, I know you like, you would like to be invited to trips like that. Oh, sure. In the end of the day, and I'll, I'll leave it at this. If you have a problem with a car manufacturer and you're out there posting crap going, this is the biggest piece of shit car I've ever had. Why they built this? I'll never know. Yeah. Um, they're never, you're, they tune you out. I did an interview oh, with, sure. I did an interview with Brett Hagen around episode 70, somewhere in there, who was a product planner for Nissan. He's like, look, man, we watch every Facebook page. They're and believe it or not, they're in there. And I Fletch, I guarantee you there there's somebody within Nissan that's liked your page. Nice. That they have people everywhere Love that are just comments. watching things. They'll never comment because they can't comment. If if they comment and said, Oh, sir, we'll fix that right for you. Could you imagine like the hundreds oh of people that hit them up? Yeah. But what they do is they screen capture everything and yeah. they go, here's here's where we take it to our bosses. Here's what the market kind of wants. Yeah. You know, the bean counters get involved and then they go, well, can we, you know, make it's it feasible. work for a price? Yeah. But when, when people are ugly and, and they don't offer positive criticism, right. like you're never going to get invited to any of these trips. And probably if you're that type of person anyways, and you go up to one of these large overland meets like Expo yeah. East or West, you're probably not somebody they want to hang out with anybody really wants to hang out with. So, so I don't know, man, once again, guys, I apologize for uh, being, I know these are long winded answers, um, but I'm super passionate about vehicles and then you, you thought on top of it, I'm just a nut. Yeah, no, I, that's, we're both equally guilty of that, I think. So to wrap it up, I will ask you one final question. (laughs) So you're expecting a 45 minute answers with this evening. We need to wrap this up before midnight Eastern. Time. <laughs> um, so you have this channel, right? And you've talked mm-hmm. a lot about Nissan and, you know, you've gotten to go on the Titan adventure, which is awesome. But like long-term, what are the goals for your channel? Like, where are you trying to take the channel? What are you, what kind of content do you want to make? And what are the goals for your channel, your YouTube channel specifically? Well, it's kind of a twofold. So on the Nissan side, I definitely want to get into more product reviews. Now, being a you know a lot of a lot of car review guys, they have a global cars to choose from. Well, I have one brand to choose from, so right. it's not like every week I'm getting a new Nissan out in my driveway to uh, to do a long term test with or anything. Um, but I do want to get into more of that. And honestly, for me to do that, I just need to get a larger audience. Which, which, like we all, you know, even somebody with a hundred thousand subs, there's a level that they got to reach to get to the next point. And so I know within me, within Nissan, the way they view me is they right now they you're I'm viewed as an influencer. Uh, They don't take my journalism part as seriously as maybe they should. Uh, But it's stupid is once you get to a certain sub count, all suddenly you're in that we take you seriously for this part of it. Um, so I would like to see the channel grow to just, just get more, not attention from Nissan, but just to get like, I can get cars from them. And I, I did a, the last one I did was a 2020 Versa. Yeah. Uh, they dropped it off at my house. You know, I did, I did my, um, 
Sorry, but now my dog's in here. Uh, I did a, a, a little review on it. Uh, the 2020 Twitan, the Titan I've been waiting to, to have dropped off here. Even though I've drove it already, I would like to do a, a week's long drive of it to see if, do I really find changes from the previous generation? Um, yeah. I want to write more. Uh, I'm, I'm horrible at writing. Don't get me wrong. So, <laughs> so I know that's, that doesn't sound right, but I really, so for, for the channel, I want to see, I'm bringing, and I'm doing it now. I'm bringing in kind of staff writers for the website that, uh, cause I want different opinions. I obviously I've guided the voice of the, the Nissan nation where it is now, but I want to bring it. There's, there's, there's a, we found a, a kid named Andrew. He, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, doesn't own a Nissan. He's got a Pontiac G6 that his, you know, he bought as a high school kid. And yeah, horrible car. Poor kid. Um, He loves the Nissan Zs, man. Much like you, Fletch. He just, he loves Zs. And he's near Z1. So he tried to get, he's trying to get on with Z1. He, um, excellent writer. And and I'm I'm hoping to post one of his articles up this week. Um, There's a guy in Canada uh, you can find his YouTube channel. It's uh, Tim the Car Guy, I believe, is his uh, YouTube channel. He's going to do some stuff for me every once in a while. He's a great writer too. Um, we're doing stuff like the unique rides. I don't know if you've seen that yet or not. So we've only got two episodes of that out right now. But it's where me and Danny want to take, and I want to fly out. I want the channel to be able to pay for me to fly out to wherever you are in America, Japan, wherever. I want to I want to do a video segment on your car. If you've modified it, talk why did you do it, uh, whether it be your car or truck. And then at the end of it, I want to drive your vehicle and give my impressions of it. Now, I'm not yeah. going to crap all over it, but I want to go, here's what I would have done. Um, this isn't for me, but this wasn't built for me. This was built for him. And I just want to showcase Nissan guys. There's uh, so many shade tree mechanics out there that do amazing work. Yeah. that that deserve recognition and now at the end of the day yeah i want my will i profit from this of course i would because the youtube channel you know that's the end all be all for all of our media companies is to be profitable because i don't want to be a land surveyor all my life fletch i don't whatever you do i'm sure you don't want to do that all your life you want to right. be, have fun and kind of pick and choose what you want to do control your future so right. yes exactly so if the channel could just pay for trips where we can do these things where I can get more product reviews. Um, we want to cover Nissan more Nissan uh, fan events like uh, Nismo Fiesta in San Antonio, Texas. Um, there's my own event that I do my own Nissan off-road event. Um, and these are all merging together. Uh, but that's kind of the end. I'll be all. I want to grow this thing. Um, it's not for me and Danny. There's a new channel we're about to launch called uh, Truck Life Podcast or Truck Life Media, as we may rebrand it, uh-huh. where we we're spreading the we're taking the formula that we've done with the Nissan world and we're gonna go to all brands. So that's kind of I would say that sounds horrible being a Nissan show that oh you want to jump to other ones, but the end of the day for me to do this for a living, I'm gonna have to cover the other brands and. Nissan's allowed me to do that though. So if the long story short, if the Nissan channel keeps growing, I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Fletch is instantly for you watching. Fletch is like, I can see his face. He's instantly like, 
why did I bring this guy on here? <laughs> you got me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that was Dave from uh, Nissan Nation podcast. So thanks for watching. Uh, it was a great interview, and I'm really looking forward to, you know, hopefully meeting up with him in person at the next auto show or Nissan event. So Nissan, if you're listening, hit me up. I'm ready. Um, so check the description below for links to his channels and definitely go and check him out. Um, and again, if you're not already subscribed to All Things Overlanding, check me out and subscribe now.